Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, we have the one and only Aaron Diamond. Aaron is somebody who has been a distant friend of mine. Um, she is married to Jordan Duggar, which you guys have heard multiple times on this podcast. I've also been on their podcast called The Flow State of Mind. Um, and Jordan and Aaron are two people that I really respect independently and together as a couple. Um, they are 110% the definition of fit couple goals, as uh, Josiah said at the Impact Collective this weekend with all of us. But they are two people who are extremely fit. They're extremely knowledgeable. They're extremely successful. Um, and they're extremely happy. Like they, if there are two people that I respect for just having a well-rounded relationship and continuing to grow that relationship and develop a better relationship despite it already being great, these two people are the poster childs for that statement. Um, and when I got to meet them in person for the first time, because we have connected so many times over social media, over text, over phone calls, over podcasts, so on and so forth. When I got to meet them this weekend at the Impact Collective event, they were just as great as I thought they would be based on what the interactions we've had over social media and over phone calls and podcasts and so on and so forth. So it was really cool to be able to not only meet them in person, but actually connect. And we connected on a pretty deep level. We got to have dinner uh, more than once and sit down and have real life conversations about family, about future, about past, about struggles, about business, about fitness, about so many cool things and just learning more and more about each other as, as three of us in this conversation. But um, it was really, really cool chance uh, to sit down with two really cool people and just learn more about them. And today we got to actually have this already scheduled ahead of time. So it worked out perfectly that I got to go hang out with them in person. And then as soon as we get home three days later, we get to record a podcast. So this is uh, was recorded right after I got back from the Impact Collective hanging out with her in person, which gave me fuel to be able to talk to her the way that I got to talk to her today and really talk to her about her story. Her story is unbelievable. And there's so much grind and success and trust in the process and and really just lessons that you can take away from this episode today learning about Aaron's journey through not only fitness and transform transformation herself but starting multiple businesses being successful in multiple businesses finding a new path through fitness and landing where she is today and, and along that journey learning so much about how important your environment is what marketing really means what relationships should really be about and what her journey is about, what she really loves, and what she really wants out of life. So today you're going to hear Aaron's complete story from start to finish when it comes to fitness and business and life. And I think you're going to take away so much valuable information that is practical and applicable to real life success and happiness. And I get to chime in there quite a bit and give my opinions, which I think is going to add to the benefits of this podcast. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one with my good friend, Aaron Diamond. If you do enjoy this show, please do me one huge favor. As always, 
take a screenshot of this episode right now. Head over to Instagram, post it on your story, and tag myself at Cody.BoomBoom and tag Aaron at Aaron Diamond Fitness. That is E-R-I-N-D-I-M-O-N-D Fitness. So it's not spelt uh, diamond like the normal diamond, uh, but it does sound like diamond. So tag us both, Cody Boom Boom, Aaron Diamond Fitness. Let us know who you are. We want to see this and we want to share it on our story. And thank you for listening to this podcast. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to this amazing episode where we get to hear the full journey of the one and only Aaron Diamond. All right, Aaron Diamond. Uh, I've had Jordan on twice. I have been on your guys' podcast twice. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast, especially because we were literally just together three days ago, four days ago, um, at the Impact Collective, which was really cool to finally, it's one of those funny things where you talk to somebody so many times, you feel like you know them pretty well, um, you follow them for a long time, and then you get to meet them in person and actually have conversations, actually hang out. It's always just a cool feeling to, one, just meet the person, but two, know that they're actually how they seem. You know what I mean? It's like a real relationship and a real person. Um, And we actually got the chance to sit down at dinner and have like a really deep conversation, you, Jordan, and I. It was just a really good time. So I was excited to to do that. And I'm excited that we already had this scheduled right after the fact. I know it. This kind of worked out perfect. So before I go any further, let's, um, we're going to dive through your story pretty deeply, but I uh, give the listeners who you are in a nutshell, just kind of introduce yourself. And then I'm just going to start picking things apart. Sure. Yeah. Well, we right before I hopped on, I was like, Jordan, are you, are you jealous? I get to talk to Cody because <laughs> we we did we had su- we had such a good time, like just sitting there and you know you you were kind of like <sighs> we all just clicked right away and we were just talking about everything from our childhoods, everything. And you're like, you know, when I meet people in person, a lot of times they want to talk about fitness and nutrition and like let's just be friends, let's talk about real life stuff, which I, I so appreciated because it's just harder to do that online. So to sit down and, and do that was so much fun, but. Yeah, so um, I am an online fitness coach. I have been since 2013. Um, right around 2016, 17, started doing some business coaching for online fitness coaches. Um, both things kind of came organically for me. It was cool to watch your story at the Impact at the Impact Collective, talking about just kind of the the grind and how much work you're putting in and like creating content for so long, because for me, it kind of happened accidentally at first, um, you know, throwing things out there, really never having any desire to do this for a living, uh, just had, had a full-time job, just kind of documenting my fitness journey. And then you develop those skills over time, right? Those skills of writing and producing content. And I actually started to have a lot of fun with it and people asking me, um, you know, how, how can I pay you? I, I don't live close, but like, I, I want a body like yours, like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, that's not how any of this works, but let me help you anyway. <laughs> um, and then same kind of thing started to happen with business. You know, people started to see the success that I had had with my online fitness business. And cause I, you know, that was fairly, fairly early 2013. I was I feel like I was early in doing that. And now it's saturated, but a lot of people asking, can you help me? Like, how have you done this? So I kind of always just go where the market has told me in the next thing and where I feel like I can really help people. So in a nutshell, um, we can dive in, but there are a lot of things that happened in between owned a gym for a few years, five years, um, some failed business ventures, some things that I've realized I wanted to do, have wanted to do, but I guess that's currently what I do do. We're definitely going to touch on that last part later on once we go through your journey, because I think it's really cool when successful people share their failed Mm -hmm. business ventures because I think a lot of people assume that business is kind of click for people and they're just an entrepreneur and they started something and it 
and it worked out. And I, I've started multiple businesses that didn't work out as well along my journey. And I think it's really mm-hmm. cool when people share that. A lot of successful people actually have that in common. Um, but let's let's kind of go back to the fitness part of things. How did that all start? Like what got you into fitness in the first place? How old were you and what was like the big thing that drove you to do so? Yeah. So, I mean, I played sports in high school and things and I was always pretty athletic and I think I just naturally have like, I don't know if I believe in like the body types, but like a mesomorphic, you know, naturally have muscle. Um, so I always just kind of got complimented for that and complimented on it. And, you know, what do you do? How, how can I do that? All these things that I just was kind of like, well, you know, I guess I should lean into what genetically is, you know, I'm supposed to do. Um, so I, I took to weightlifting and stuff in high school and then I completely stopped in college and throughout college, I was your typical college student, just, you know, living, having a good time. I think I'd go to the gym for like two weeks leading up to spring break and I would do some abs and the elliptical and that was about it. Um, and then I, I met a guy um, that I was dating towards college and I kind of started getting interested, but I still didn't want to lift weights. I decided to run a half marathon. Um, and that for me, like fitness has really never been so much for me about changing my body. Um, cause I was always, I never had body image issues. I've never really wanted to change my body. Like I said, genetically I was okay. Um, it was always been for the mental challenge. So I signed up for that half marathon. And at the time that I signed up, I had never ran more than three miles in my life. I wasn't a runner. I was just kind of like, well, you know, this is like something that will challenge me. I'm graduating college soon. I don't really know what else to do with my life. And that was kind of the turning point of where I got hooked. I was said, okay, you know, just being able to set my mind to something and do it, especially when there's no evidence at all showing me that I should be able to do it. Like I really didn't think I could run more than three miles. Um, that was, that was the first step for me. And after that, it was like, okay, well, I not really built to be a runner, like my knees, like my knees, that was like a decade ago. And I'm still don't think they've recovered. And we've talked about this. (laughs) I really think that's where this started. So I said, that's not going to be sustainable for me. Um, so I started looking around, you know, what could be next? And I, this was in 2012. And I remember finding one other, this right Instagram, I remember finding one other girl who, was competing in a figure competition. And I, I'd never seen one. I had no idea. I just was like watching her Facebook posts. And I'm like, well, what's this? This looks cool. So I'm like, I want to do that. So I find um, the one other guy that I know who was a bodybuilder, asked him, can you coach me? He says, sure. He didn't really know what the hell he was doing. I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. Um, so I did the typical bro diet, eating chicken, tilapia, asparagus, <laughs> sweet potato mm-hmm. um, for like 25 weeks. I mean, I look back now and I'm like, gosh, if I still had that same kind of robot, tell me what to do mentality, like who knows what I could get done. Because back then I I just felt so hungry for, for change, for, you know, for something that was driving me. So he, he put me on this diet. I did everything he told me to do. Um, I mean, probably developed a lot of food relationship issues down the line as a result, but at the time I didn't know any better. Um, Competed in that first figure competition, competed in like, 10 more. And then that's kind of when I gained traction, which is documenting my journey and coaching kind of took off from there. Wow. I had no idea you've done 11 competitions. I think 10 total. If I total. Yeah. In a short amount of time. (laughs) That is wild. Did you, did you pick up flexible dieting or anything along that way? Or would you say those were all pretty bro-ish? No, I did after the first year. Um, Yeah, after that first year, it was still really new. And I remember thinking like, no, no one really competes like this. I don't think I can do that. I think it sounds too good to be true. 
and then got just as shredded doing that. So I was like, oh, maybe there's something to this. Right. Uh, that's actually an early adopter to that too. I I went through the bro diet and I don't know what year it was when I didn't, I've only done one physique competition, but back then nobody was doing flexible dieting. It was no. like very minimal. So that's, that's cool. Um, going back to the, the marathon, uh, the r- running, you mentioned like the mental challenge. And I think that's so important. I think that's honestly one of the biggest drivers of why most people should actually exercise and, and mm. even just do any, like, this is actually one of the reasons why I'm a fan of uh, like two a days, but not not two a days in the sense of trying to change your physique, but like waking up and doing something physical first thing in yeah. the morning, snap you into that like mental uh, discipline. I guess uh, is there like have you always been that way, or was there was that the turning point where you did that? You noticed other things happening in your life that improved because of this, and then you were like, okay, this is you kind of got that bug and started doing more and more of it. Yeah, I've I've always been that way, and my dad will tell the story of I. I was young, like probably four years old or so. And I saw him snapping his fingers and I was like, I want to learn how to do that. And and I couldn't really catch on. I just kept rubbing them together until I had blisters on both hands. Um, and, and he tells that story. He tells a couple different ones where I just, if I get something in my mind and I see someone else can do it, I'm like, Oh, I can do that. And it only takes like one person to have evidence of it. Kind of like I was telling you, you know, I have my role models in business who I've, seen like cross the seven figure mark and I was like, oh okay so someone else is doing it we can do that and like I told you I was like I need friends who are at the eight figure mark because all I need is evidence so for me it took you know seeing that one girl oh okay the figure competition if she can do it I can do it so I think I, I have kind of always had that mentality love that I think it's so important but th- this is something I struggle with with clientele and I want to get your opinion on this because you guys work with a lot of coaches and I think this is a big trait of most entrepreneurs, obviously, because if you don't have this kind of trait and you're not not the type that is just going to get after something if they set their mind to it, you're going to struggle with business. It's just part of it. Um, my question for you is when you get people who don't have that mindset, are there things that you're teaching them? And I'm kind of jumping the gun here and going towards the business stuff, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, I really get fascinated by people's like morning routines and daily rituals and you and Jordan, like every time I talk to you guys, oh, well, we started reading this book or we started doing this or went to this event and it, it's always mind or we worked with this coach and I'm always like, so I just really respect it. Like, I'm always like, damn, they're always pushing each other as a couple to do more and more and more. And it's so cool, like independently, but then also together, mm-hmm. I've written down like eight books from you guys that you've already recommended. <laughs> so, um, but I'm curious, like, what are you teaching these people to kind of shift their mindset to be that way? Because I think it's almost like a requirement for success. Absolutely. And I like that question a lot. And that's the question I asked Jill Coleman at, um, at the event, because I always like to get different people's perspective. And I look at her as someone who is just completely resilient, always like saying, you know what, I can do it, I can do it. And when people ask me that question at first, my, my first like reaction is just to say, man, I don't know, I was parented well, I have it, I don't know. And so I asked her, and then I started like taking part of her answer and, and thinking on that. Confidence isn't something, confidence in yourself especially, isn't something that you just have because why would you have it? You know, why would you have it if you've never proven it to yourself? So it takes showing up and and doing the thing first. And I'm lucky enough to have gotten an early start in life by just doing things, you know, like it probably started from like snapping my fingers and realizing I could snap my fingers where I think a lot of people early on in their life, and this I'm so fascinated by just upbringings and parenting and things for this reason, I think they're 
they miss a couple of opportunities early on and they just kind of spiral. Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. They tell themselves an entirely different story, but I like to tell clients, you can break that pattern at any point in time in your life. You just need to prove it to yourself. And I think one of, and the reason I'm so passionate about what we do with fitness is because it's one of the simplest, not easy, but simplest ways to prove it to yourself because you get a new chance every single day. You get to prove, Hey, I can make the structure of my meals. I can make it to the gym and those little micro commitments, they really do help. So simple morning routines, anything, just give yourself something that you can stick to. The worst thing you can do is say, all right, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to read all the books that I, that I just heard everyone tell me about. I'm going to go home. I'm going to do it. And then you don't do it because then your confidence is going to downward spiral and you're just going to continue to not show up. You're going to continue to give yourself evidence that you can't do this. If you can just make micro commitments. I love um, Andy Forsella's power list for that reason. You know, the five things, because anyone can check off those five things. So it's just getting started. And a lot of times with clients, I talk to them about the simplest things. I talk to them about their, you know, their morning routine. I want them to, you know, do things that take 10 minutes, whether it's, I have a one minute gratitude journal. Anyone can spend one minute writing down five things. Anybody can do like, you know, five minutes of movement, whether it's a walk or whatever, like make attainable goals that you can stick to. And I think you'll be surprised how those really compound over time. I love that. I, it, this is, sounds random, but it, it's tied into it. Um, have you ever read Atomic Habits? You're like the 90th person to say that to me. Um, I haven't. It's, it is on my list, and I'm going to have to bump it to the top of the list now. So I literally, I literally had like 90 people recommend it to me, and I finally gave in. So you should because I was in the same position. And, and I, I mean, this is like my ego talking, but I was uh, I got good habits. I'm okay. Like, I don't need to <laughs> Like, that's literally what my mindset was. Right. And finally, I was like, okay, well, worst case, like, it'll give me some good practices to help with my clients. But from a behavior change standpoint, it's such a good book. The reason I ask is because I'm just curious if you do any type of tracking um, with these things or if you have your clients track. And I think this is one of the power of just obviously tracking macros is because you build the habit, you build consistency, and then you have confidence in your diet. Mm -hmm. Well, this can be applied to anything. Like if we're talking about morning routines or gratitude or or, um, journaling or training or anything, if you're tracking something and you see that tracking occurring, I think you build that certainty in your confidence and your ability to do it in general. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, your mindset kind of changes. Yeah. So the only thing I have in place right now, and I have a really cool thing I want to start that my friend Eddie does. Um, but the only thing I really have in place is my gratitude journal where I, ha- I list the date every day. And then I have my daily to-do list where I list the date every day. And so I can go back through the pages and I do once in a while to be like, oh, this is cool. You know, I made this commitment to myself that I'm doing this and showing up every day. Um, my friend Eddie does this really cool thing where he, on a post-it note, he writes down his power list every single day, his five things. And he'll write, like he's on like two years of doing this and he uses a different sticky note every single day. And then he'll stick them all just like on the, on the wall so you can see this big visual. So he, he has like year two, day, day 35. And then he has his five things. And then at the end of the day, he puts a big L or W over it. And he, he puts an L, like whether he wins or like wins, loss, he puts an L, you know, a good percentage of the time, 30% of the time or something. But his whole thing is I can look at that wall and I can see that I'm winning most of the days. And that that's what pushes me forward, which I think is so cool. I want to make a wall like this in my office. That is crazy. I love, I absolutely love that there in the book. It talks about um, essentially you get a dopamine response from doing that. So every time he slaps like a sticky note on the wall, he, he essentially gets this chemical response of like reward. And mm-hmm. I think that's like the big thing I have. I have like a, I do boxes. It's really weird. I have a sticky note in my 
uh, my drawer of um, like new members and mm-hmm. I like draw as many boxes as I want to hit for the month. And then every time one of the coaches gets a new client, like we're like, we're checking them off. Oh, that's cool. Every morning I do mobility. I have a big one on my whiteboard, a bunch of boxes that I check off there. But essentially what they're saying is he talks about like a marble in the jar, anything you do after doing something, some kind of habit, you're essentially providing that dopamine response that we get from like Instagram, right? And it right. makes you feel good. And when you feel good about it, you keep doing it. And it's so simple, but it works amazingly well. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I've always looked at Eddie doing this every day and it's something people get behind and they're going to ask about eventually. And people have asked me, gosh, what's that gratitude journal a million times? And then I get end up getting in the conversation of why and setting up your day and all the things we just talked about. Um, but it's, when it's a sticky note and you're putting it on the wall or, you know, you're putting something that's visual, especially sharing on Instagram, people are so visual. It's mm-hmm. just, it's another cool way to kind of share your message. So I've been thinking for a long time, I need to do something like that, but I didn't understand that piece of it. Yeah. And that and honestly, it's funny because I'm a very logical person. That's what made me start doing it. Uh-huh. Because when I read about the dopamine response and like there's a reason behind it and You're just like Jordan. <laughs> exactly. I know. And we realized that this last weekend. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want to pull back a little bit because I'm getting sidetracked. Uh so you you've done 10 competitions at this point. You obviously have not only experienced it, but you've become experienced in it. So I'm assuming you started coaching and teaching and, and how did that kind of evolve after you started competing? Yeah. So I think it was after the first time I competed. Um, actually, so the first time I competed, it, I still didn't have Instagram or anything like that. I wasn't documenting my journey a whole lot, but after that first time I just started sharing info. Um, and mainly the whole reason I started sharing was because I don't have anyone in my life that can relate. I, I don't have anyone I can talk to about this. I was at this weird transition point in my life where I graduated college um, like two years prior. I was like working a ton. I was working a full-time job and then I worked for um, actually for Bacardi as like a promo girl um, in the bars on the weekends. So that was like my weekend hustle. I started teaching some group fitness classes. So I was literally from like eight to five, had my full-time job, either I wasn't training people in person quite, but I was teaching group fitness classes. So I'd go straight to group fitness class and then I would go work in the bars in the evening. So I had zero social life. I would work out like on my lunch break or with my group fitness class was like how I would get my cardio in and stuff. So I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm a loser. I have nobody to talk to. Um, so I turned to social media and I was like, well, what am I going to talk about? My, my work life is work and fitness. So I just started talking about fitness um, from there and not ever for the intent to pick up clients or anything, but eventually people started asking me questions and I thought, well, you know, I think I can help. Um, I was not aware of online personal training at the time. So I, in in the group fitness classes and stuff, I started having women say, Hey, can you just train me? And I'm like, well, I'm not a trainer, but sure. Um, I can figure that out too. I'm sure it's easy enough. Google, like, how do you get a personal training certification? Um, and I took my first group of women to a park cause I was like, you know, I'm not, I don't need another job. I, I don't, I'm not going to go to a corporate gym or anything. So I took them to a park. I was doing it completely for free. And finally they like gathered like five bucks ahead and they're like, no, like you need to charge us. And I'm like, sure, whatever. I'm just having a good time. We were just like running up hills and doing things. And I was working out with them. So I was like, you don't need to pay me. This is like what I do. Um, then the winter would happen every year in Ohio. And I'm like, well, we can't continue to do this in a park. So we'd shut it down for the winter. We did that for like one year. And I was like, you know, what if I figure something out where I can help these people all of the time? And it's fun for me. I like doing this. 
Um, so the guy I was dating at the time, he was working at a supplement shop and there was, um, this whole like storage area in the back, the owner of the supplement shop wasn't all that organized. And he was like, we're going to put storage back there. We're going to do all these things. And months went by and nobody was using like these a thousand square feet. So I just asked him like, Hey, what are you going to do with that? Could I, like, if I start buying equipment off of Craigslist, can we put a gym back there? And he's like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Um, it was like part of my ex's payment to work there that we could just throw a gym back there. So I took advantage of that. We got on Craigslist. We, I think we first bought a leg press and a set of like rusty dumbbells. And I was like, cool, I can train people with this. That's really all I need. I have dumbbells. So I brought that group of women in there and I was documenting all along just because like I said, for the most part, I didn't have anyone else to talk to. So I was documenting on Instagram, bringing those women in there. Um, and then as the gym grew, you know, I would, I would make money off of boot camp and I would go buy another piece of equipment, make money off of boot camp, buy another piece of equipment. And eventually, um, our really big break, we had made relationships with people through the supplement store. And there was a guy who actually sold gym equipment. So my ex spoke to him and they kind of formed a relationship. And the guy one day called us and said, you know, I know the guy who outfits the Cleveland Browns training facility. Um, what I think you should do, because what we were kind of doing was kind of like going back in. So he would outfit a gym. He would say, Hey, what are you doing with this old equipment? We would then buy the old equipment and we would sell some of it off. We would use some of it for our gym. So he says, I know the guy who outfits the Cleveland Browns training facility. Why don't you see what they're doing with their stuff? We're like, no, like there's absolutely no way. There's no way we can buy like the Cleveland Browns training facility equipment. Like they're going to $100,000 for it. Right. I would think it was like 25 at the time. And we, we spoke to them and we gave them a cash offer of like 18 grand thinking like there's no way it was literally worth a hundred thousand dollars. I was probably worth more than that because for what we sold it for, I think we, we made about that off of it. So we just said, you know, what the hell? And we had moved a couple of other gyms and things we knew how to like logistic wise, we had movers, we could do it. We just kind of said, we'll come in, we'll buy it and we'll get it off your hands. And they didn't care. I mean, their budget is stupid for stuff right. like that. So they just said, you know what? Sure. So we did that. We got a storage space. We were able to completely outfit, outfit that small studio. And again, me documenting all of this. So people are starting to kind of catch on and see, okay, she seems legit now. You know, she, she's training people. She's doing this. She's building her own gym. I really feel like she could help me. Um, and around that time is when my online business just kind of took off because people were like, Hey, this girl, like she seems like the real deal, which is funny that like having a gym can make you seem like the real deal because anybody can go ahead and do that. But I do think that was a big break that kind of separate separated me there. And at that point in time, that was around 2000, that was still around 2013, 2014 and 2014 made the leap from that 1,000 square foot studio to opening a 4,000 square foot studio. And again, like just documenting that whole process from putting turf down, putting mirrors up, like doing all the hard work. Um, at that point in time, the online business, I like, I could not, I wish I knew what I knew now to be able to manage the amount of clients that were coming in, the amount of inquiries that were coming in. But I was probably taking on anywhere from like 50 to 60 new clients a week on my own, <laughs> hustling, man, hustling. Jason talks about the days where he was working 20 hours a week. I had a lot of those. I was just grinding, like no, no ability to delegate, no idea what I was really doing. I just knew like I had to deliver for these people. 
Whoa. <laughs> I, uh, I can't believe I haven't even talked to you about this yet. This is insane. I had no idea. Um, I, I think I briefly knew you owned a gym, but I didn't know the background behind that. It's so unreal. Um, where do I start? I guess one of the coolest things that stood out to me about that is not just the grind and not just how you did it and, and what you did and, and just the passion behind it, but it all came from a place of just trying to give and help. And I think one of the coolest things that I noticed this past weekend was every successful person that stood up in front of that hundred plus person crowd and spoke literally was just talking about how at the early days, like money didn't matter, income didn't matter, nothing mattered except just delivering value and having fun and just trying mm -hmm. to give, give, give. Um, and everything you're saying is like that exact thing. You're just trying to have fun. You're trying to give more value. You're trying to support these people. You're trying to find any solution you can to help these people just train because it bettered your life and then look where it took you. And I think that's where like a lot of people get so wrapped up in the business. And it's actually why like I kind of, I mean, let's be honest, I didn't script anything I said. I just kind of went up there and started ranting. Right. But I wanted to make sure that like people didn't get overwhelmed with funnel talk because mm -hmm. there was so much good tactical information between you guys and Jill Fit um, and Jason going on different rants because he also doesn't really script much. But there was so much tactic that I was like, I, I don't want people to forget like how hard these all these individuals grind at the beginning just to do it just because they mm -hmm. loved it. And it's so cool that that stands out to me. Yeah, I, I wish after hearing your story, I kind of wish I would have told some of that because none of this was ever about business for me in the beginning. And now I know what I know about business. And we're actually in a period right now where we're having a launch, we're having some bumps along the way, and it's easy to get kind of scarce and put on your marketing hat and put on your pitch hat and apply all the things you know about business. And I just really just today actually said to myself, like, dude, Aaron, what were you doing? in 2013, 14, 15, 16, when all this shit was easy, when you never had to worry about people buying anything. And, you know, you were just, you just cared. You just talked about what you wanted to talk about. You just connected. And then we called Jason today and he kind of validated that for me. And he said, stop, stop pitching. Stop, stop thinking about marketing. Just go back to connecting. So I'm going to, you know, do what I do. I'm going to make posts about Jordan and I's relationship. I'm going to make posts about what people are here and what they want to talk. Cause that's the best sales tactic there really is. Just connect with people. It really is that like, it's funny because there's been many times where I've had like, quote unquote ideas or like thoughts, or I've, I've gotten doubt or fear, or just starting to get worried um, or just ahead of myself in general. And, and I've had that same talk with Jason before. It's like, what do you really love doing, man? Well, I love creating content coaching. He's like, just fucking do that. And I'm like, you're right. Let me just have yeah. fun again. And then things work out just fine. So um, mm -hmm. it's funny that you say that, but I, but I also think that the speech you guys gave was needed. And if you were to both tell your stories of how you got into it, you guys would have been up there for three hours. Like, That's true. <laughs> I saw Jason in the back for me going like this to his wrist, like time's coming up. And <laughs> I, I think I went over anyway, but um, okay. So at this point, like you obviously have a successful business, you're still in fitness. Now you do something a little bit different. And I kind of want to slowly get to that point. Mm -hmm. When did that transition happen? Like, how long were you just online coaching? What What did the evolution of that look like? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I did that um, through 2016. And from just solely that and completely the wrong way and just burning myself out because I just, I don't know, I just felt like this is such an opportunity and so many people trust me and I I need to just over deliver and I feel like I can't say no to anybody. And I was just really overextending myself. So that happened through the end of 2016. Um, at the end of 2016, really the shift 
of everything for me was my divorce around that time. So went through a separation. Of course, you easily want to blame the other person, but I did start to look inward and say, you know what, Aaron, you haven't done anything other than work and give to other people and like not given anything of yourself and like kind of look around and like, Hmm, I don't have any really good friends. I, my, like, I don't have a marriage anymore. Like maybe I need to, maybe I need to figure something else out. So I took a little step back from just the way I was running and kind of said to myself, all right, I, you know, money, what is a big, was a big driver for me up until that point, grew up without very much of it. I was really like just grinding. It was really cool to, to have, you know, reach that kind of pinnacle, but I like had that slap in the face and kind of said, well, at what cost? And then I also said, well, there has to be other people who are doing this and not doing it the way that I'm doing. So I kind of opened my mind rather than just head down working. And I said, where do I find those people? So I reached out to, well, I had like people and friends reaching out to me, which people were were doing that all along. I just wasn't like open enough to make friends and step back from what I was doing and the grind that I had. So I finally like started inviting people into my life, started just like having coffee with random different people who I'm like, you know, you've had some success or you seem happy and just started realizing that there were other ways of doing things. So I met one mentor of mine. His name was Joel. He owned a wealth management company. Um, We sat down and he was like just blowing my mind with all kinds of strategy and delegation and stuff. And I'm like, all right, there has to be, there has to be more to this. So I literally was like Googling, like, how do you find business owners? How do you find entrepreneurs and successful people and stuff like that? And I heard of like the term mastermind. So I started seeing it here on social media, started following people who were in different masterminds and then found a mentor of mine, Mike Zeller through that. Um, Jordan, or I joined his mastermind first, which actually we, I just made a post about this today. It was like a big argument because Jordan and I first had just started dating and I like stuck off. I took the call by myself. I was like, I'm doing this like by myself. Cause you know, I'm a boss bitch and I do everything by myself was kind of <laughs> like my attitude. <laughs> um, and then we like left for a vacation that day and he was like, you know, why didn't, who were you talking to? Why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, well, because it's like my thing, you know, like you, you can, you can have your friends, your masterminds, your things. Um, and so I joined that mastermind, learned a lot about marketing and just like being in a room full of people and realizing, wow, like these people aren't working nearly as hard as what I've been working in the last several years. And they're actually working smart. And I also realized like just the power and connection and having a tribe and having those friends and looking around the room and realizing too, that there were people there making millions of dollars, having like crazy impact on the world who had to check their email in two weeks. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And also that they're not any smarter than me. That was a big takeaway of like, you know, you put people on a pedestal, you think people have a secret. And I looked around and was like, you know what? I feel like I'm just as capable, which was big for me because I'd never been able to put myself in a room and do that. So came home from that. Um, and finally decided to like delegate, trust people within my business, let go of some things. Um, and right around the same time too, I had been kind of festering on the idea of IFCA. I'd helped people one off here and there when they'd asked me for business coaching and stuff, but never really put any structure around it. I think frankly, because I just didn't feel qualified. I feel like, I felt like everyone knew more than I did. And being in that room made me realize, okay, you know what? I do know a lot. I've done a lot. I've like messed up a lot of things. I really think I can do this. So 
um, came home from that. And I think it was around that time too. I asked Jordan, like, will you partner on this with me? Cause I had taken like one beta round where, um, it was like eight weeks. It was shorter. We didn't have anything about fitness and nutrition at all in the curriculum. I, this was marketing and business and just like social media and stuff that I wanted to teach them. Asked Jordan to partner on it with me. And then the very next month was the second mastermind. We went and after that, or I, it was the day before. And I was like, I want you to go with me. I, I feel like, you know, if we're both there together, we're both going to take away different things together. And I want you to like really, really be bought into everything I'm bought into. And after that is kind of when business coaching just skyrocketed because we were 100% bought in with everything. We were 100% a team after that. I love this story. And, and one thing like I think is really, really important um, for people to kind of grab onto is you're kind of like stepping out of your own comfort zone to do more and more and more. And that's kind of like one of the questions I actually wrote down for you is like, why keep growing? And this is actually in like, I've said this to many clients, uh, like mentor clients of mine, and I'm sure you've said similar things. Is like, this is where there's a difference between a trainer and a businessman or woman um, to create more success inside of training or nutrition and to essentially help more people to give more to be able to reach more people. You actually have to shift from just being a trainer, just being a nutritionist and start step into being a marketer, being a businessman, because that's the only way we can reach more people and help more people. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people get stuck in the trainer mode because it's like our hobby. Like we started with this just because we love, we love training, right? And I yeah. think it, it takes a while for that to click with people. And I think that's what separates a lot of people. And obviously it's what separated you. Um, but why grow? Like why do you have any idea of like why you keep consistently pushing? Do you ever feel like, I know I've felt this way and I know other people have as well, is like you're kind of never there. You're chasing the unicorn essentially. Yeah. So how do you, like, why keep growing and how do you s get satisfied? I don't, I don't even know the right way to no. ask this question, but I think you know what I'm trying to say. For sure. So we just had an interview with Amanda Bucci on our podcast this morning, and we were talking about the same thing. And it was interesting from her perspective of someone that is like a higher income level and someone that I've, I've looked at and feel like, you know, you should be there, right? Aren't you there? Like you're never there. That's the thing to understand is that it, it's about the journey. And I think where people get caught up is they, they think there's an end. They think there's going to be a weight that they hit that makes them say, okay, good. Awesome. This is good. This is what I was after. They think there it's going to be an income or maybe it's an amount of followers or maybe it's, gosh, I don't know, but you, you have to have a good, like a good time along the way. So I think it's really not like why grow? It's just like, there's just no other option because there is no end. So you're on this journey. You might as well just continually make yourself better every single day. There's one other thing that you had said in that too, and kind of maybe explaining my path will answer that question. You said people get caught up in, in the trainer mode and then they they forget to like be marketers and spread their message and things. I always felt like I was like a very average trainer. Like there, you know, I, I don't have Jordan's mind. I'm not like gonna like regurgitate those types of things to you. But what I did realize I was good at was getting through to people, connecting with people, creating raving fans, getting people out of their own way and just kind of like realizing how people work, which made me extremely fascinated in marketing because marketing is just human psychology of like how and why people buy. So that was kind of like, my pivot evolution towards that way. And Amanda on our podcast today explained a lot of her pivots and it's just always kind of leaning into the next thing that interests you. So if you're forcing growth, 
and asking, you know, why grow or feeling like you don't want to, first off, that shouldn't really be a question because it should just come like, what's the next thing that interests me? I started to just get really interested in why people were buying stuff or clicking on stuff or whatever. And I'm like, let me just dive into here. Cause for some reason, human behavior is fascinating. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you said about the process and the journey. Like if you're not engulfed in that process, you will just get agitated. You'll get frustrated. You'll be mm-hmm. just, you'll be almost annoyed that you're not there yet. You're not there yet. And that applies to yeah. physical training and everything too. We all had a good conversation at dinner on, I think it was Friday. And you, I think you and Jordan were the ones that asked me like, Oh, well, like, why aren't you trying to scale the business coaching thing? Like, why mm-hmm. not do that? And I was like, Oh, that, that's just not my thing. Like I have a small yeah. group of people. I like it, but that's not me. And it was just like, I'm, I, I love my process. Right. And I think that's, what's really important for people to understand is like, everybody's process is different. Everybody's and goal is different and, and what everybody needs or what success everybody creates is so different. And like being able to just focus on your process is so unbelievably important. Yeah. We were just talking about that, Jordan and I, and then in our other interview with Amanda and had a good conversation around making sure you kind of stay in your own lane and realize that and never, you know, having it with Brad, he was like, he said it perfectly. He said, having a seven figure business isn't as cool as it sounds. Like you have more expenses as you, as you grow, you have all these things and it has to be the impact that you're chasing. It has to be your idea, your vision. It has to be, you know, not because anybody else has it or want it. And I think that's so cliche to hear until you find yourself in those shoes and you're like, huh, this isn't the path that I really wanted to go just because I feel like someone else walked it before me or just because I feel like it's what I'm supposed to do. I love Joe Coleman's answer to that when Jason was kind of like bugging her and saying, oh, you can you can do this or you can like mm-hmm. go to this strategy. And she's like, or I can also go to Australia for three months and like live the life I want to live. I think that's so cool. I think that was that was a really, really cool answer, especially because uh, it, it almost just like shuts them up. Like, oh, nope, yeah, this is what I want to do. And Jason's probably like, well, fuck. No one's ever done that. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I 100% agree. I think that I got caught in that because the natural evolution for most coaches is uh, kind of like learn training and nutrition, have your own transformation, and then train and nutrition coach people, and then eventually coach coaches on how to do that. Right. Um, and I got caught up in that. And then I was like, why am I not fulfilled by this? Like, mm-hmm. And I realized, like, it's just not my path. Like, I was following friends and mentors because I thought that I had to do the same thing and it wasn't. Um, and once I took a step back, kind of going back to what we said earlier is like, I just kept it simple. I was like, well, what do I really love and what is my thing? Once I took a step back, things exploded. And I was like, okay, this is, this is probably a good sign. Um, another thing that came up that I wrote down that I want to ask you is, is environment. I know you're going to agree with me that environment is very important. So I don't think I have to ask you of like, hey, do you think your environment is important? But do you do anything to purposely try to surround yourself with certain people or surround yourself with certain things or, or um, music, podcasts, anything in your environment in general, um, because I know you guys are constantly going to events. You guys are constantly absorbing good things. And I even think it was cool that I was sitting in an Uber van and I look around and there's like eight Ohio like friends slash entrepreneurs in this band. And I didn't realize until we're all talking. I'm like, am I really the only one not from the same? <laughs> this is crazy. And I thought that was I was honestly a little bit jealous. I'll be honest. I was like, this is so fucking cool. I wish I had this in Seattle. Like, This is such a cool group of people. Um, so I'm just curious of like, what does that look like? Because one thing I talked about in my speech was that you have to force those things on yourself. And a lot of yeah. people expect it to happen to you. So I just want to get your experience with that. 
I'm so glad you're asking me this question, me specifically, because this has never been easy for me. And to like look around me now in Columbus and have all these friends, like it wasn't that way at all a year ago. Um, Jordan and I went through a transition where we, honestly, Jordan's a big reason for a lot of our relationships because he's way better better at it than I am. I always like call him my buffer. He he makes the introduction and then, okay, I get to jump in and finally talk about the things that I want to talk about. I've gotten better, but I do attribute a lot of that to him. Um, but we did go through a period of time where it was like, okay, we don't want these people in our lives anymore. And it's not that like, it has to be terrible. We don't want you in our life anymore. It's just like, every time we hang out with these people, they're not adding any value to us. So I think where a lot of people struggle is they don't want to go through that period of time where they might be kind of lonely. They might not have, you know, great relationships and friends, but you have to create that space to allow other opportunity in. So, I mean, probably just a year, year and a half ago, we were there where it was like, okay, you know, universe, we're going to open this up for better people to come into our lives. We're going to really show up in the way that we, we want to be like received by friends and stuff. And then it slowly did start to happen. Carter, for example, um, and here reached out to me on social media and literally just said to me, Hey, I read a post of yours about how you you know, you have a hard time making relationships. I also have a hard time making relationships. So like, I think we should be friends was basically like how he reached out to me. And I was like, dude, I respect that so much. Like come over and podcast, which is something I never would have done. I would have just like kind of left that there and been like, uh, I don't know where to go from here. Um, but you're, you have forced relationships is so, so true. And, and I think asking yourself in that, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I think we're just so afraid of rejection. Like, what what happens if I DM this person, they leave me on red? You know, that's the worst thing that can happen. That's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I, I always look at it like, if you do get a bad re- reaction, it's like, well, I actually don't want to be friends with that person anyway. Right. If that's how they can respond. I think it's funny because this is something that I've really, really tried to make an effort with the last, like, year or so. Um, so, like, I can think of a few people. I think Jordan was one. Carter, I did this with just recently because I just met him. Um, Austin Current, I did this with. Uh, like just random people, I'll, I'll literally ask for their number. And it probably sounds really weird to them. But I'm like, I, I, like Austin, I was like, hey, you're really cool. We get along. You should just give me your number. I'll text you. And he was probably just like, what the fuck? Okay. It's funny you say that because I, I did it to Claire at the event. I was just talking to her for a minute. I was like, this is a cool girl I really want to connect with. But like really, really be friends. Like, hey. But- did I, did I get your number yet? And it was, it's like awkward and weird, but I thought that was a good move. As soon as I walked away, I'm like, now she's got to be my friend. Yeah. And, and I think people, especially people like her probably actually really appreciate that. She's got a huge following. She's crazy mm-hmm. busy. That kind of stuff is very meaningful. And I think it just goes a long way in this. I, I, I thought the exact same thing with Carter. I was like, you got a ton of people DMing and stuff. I'm not going to DM you, man. Give me your number. Right. Text you and yeah. Like, Talk about shit. <laughs> For sure. Well, one thing we just talked about with Amanda is people, they'll put people on a pedestal because they have a following or whatever. Mm And one of the best things you can do for those people is just humanize them. Like Amanda was saying, she finds that people feel like they don't have anything to contribute to her. So like they don't reach out at all, but reaching out and just, especially connecting on something that you read of theirs or whatever, just like, Hey, I hope you're having a good day. Like we're all human. We're all in the same playing field. I think that, I think the problem is that you assume just because of that like stardom or that fame or whatever it would, I mean, fame, quote unquote, you go to anybody outside of fitness and you ask, Hey, do you know this person? I'll be like, right. Um, and I think that's, I used to always do that with my brother. Cause I would be like, I would bring up a name and he would basically just be like, I don't know who the fuck you're talking about, dude. Uh-huh. Really make me like, be like, okay, cool. I'm going to like, it's not that big of a deal. True. Yeah. Um, but 
I think we assume that they're busier or that they don't have time or anything like that compared to, I, I've, I like a good example of that is this happened a while ago and this actually helped me was Jordan Syatt. Um, he was going to be late for one of my podcasts and he must've pulled my number from my email and he just randomly texts me. He's like, yo, to this Jordan, I'm going to be a little late and just starts like texting me. And then like later on, he texts me again, like a random question. And then I checked in with him one day and was just like, yo, I hope you're doing well. I was thinking about you. And now we just kind of like bullshit here and there. Yeah. And it's, and it kind of just reminds you of like, cause in my mind, like I'm a big Gary Vee fan. So like mm-hmm. if you train Gary, Gary Vee, you're famous. Like that's just right. that's how it works in my mind. But it instantly kind of humanized that process. And it kind of like reminded me that like, you know, it's not, it's, it's, a, we're in a small world. We're in a small bubble. We're all like little pawns in the universe. And I think it, it helps to, um, and it actually, and this is like the last thing I'll say about it. It helps for me that Shannon's not in our space because Right. He humanizes the fuck out of me all the time. And it helps like <laughs> remind me what real world is like. Absolutely. But, yeah. Well, one other thing on that, like whole making friends and your tribe and stuff, put yourself out there on social media. That's how I've done a lot of it. That's how I've made a lot of relationships because by the time I meet someone face to face, they know me, they know what I'm about. I don't have to do that whole thing from the very get go. They want to have a relationship with me because I put all of my values, everything I stand for, everything I don't stand for, just completely out there on front street. One example of that is I remember when Jordan and I first started dating, he was like, my family loves you. I'm like, your family doesn't know me. I've met them like twice. And he's like, oh, they've gone through your whole Instagram. And I'm like, thank God. Like, it's just, you know, it makes it so easy, whether you're trying to date someone or make friends, especially like-minded friends to Mm -hmm. to have that there. It's just kind of like, hey, here's what I stand for. I 100% agree. I think that was one of the cool things for a lot of us at the event this weekend was just meeting people Mm -hmm. who knew a lot about us. I I had a a weird experience with that a few, like this is probably like four or five years ago um, because that same thing happened to me in a a past relationship, except they were like, oh, you're boom, boom. And it was like, oh, this is weird. (laughs) Like, I wish you didn't see my Instagram now. Um, So I want to finish the conversation out with talking about what you guys actually do now. We've talked about your whole evolution of going through fitness, owning multiple businesses, doing everything you've done and creating what you've created. And obviously, you're really good at what you do. And you found your calling along the way. Um, And I always think it's cool when people use fitness as an avenue to find something else in their lives. What do you guys do now? Explain what the program that you guys run is now and and how people can get involved in that and and why you're so passionate about that side of things. Yeah, so, man, I'm extremely passionate about this side of things where Jordan, we still do coach fitness clients. I get asked that all the time. Do you still coach fitness clients? Yeah, we do. I I have a team where I have two assistant coaches that work with me. Um, We work with about, between the three of us, we probably have 80 clients on that roster that we have transformed together, which is actually open for enrollment right now. Um, and that's me, Jordan, and we have four assistant coaches on that end. So we're still really passionate, still really involved with helping fitness clients. Um, for me, it's really about how can I use my talents and leverage the best way possible to not only change the most lives, but also on the deepest level. And there's just something that's been so gratifying with helping other online fitness coaches because sure, helping somebody transform their body really changes their life, but helping someone completely change the financial landscape of their life is just kind of next level for me. The text messages, the voice memos that I get when someone can like bring their husband home from work, they have the freedom and ability to then like move states and they're not tied by a job anymore, like really, really impacting lives on that kind of level. Um, it's pretty incredible for me because I know how much it changed my life. I worked in corporate America for three years prior to doing what I'm doing. And every single day, I felt like I was in a jail cell and feeling like I need to get the hell out of here. I need to figure something out. 
I didn't know what that was ever going to be, but I just said, I need, like, I need freedom. I cannot believe this is my life. I cannot believe I graduated college just in this cubicle every single day. So like having done that for myself, um, to be able to do it for other people is pretty incredible. So I'm, I'm extremely passionate about that. So we help online fitness coaches through our program, IFCA. Um, we teach them everything from marketing, uh, systems, like what we just went over at the event. We talk a little bit about paid advertising and then training and nutrition as well. I love it. And IFCA stands for impact fitness coaching Academy. I love it. I think it's at least in my experience too, is like a lot of times it goes much deeper, at least on the calls, it'll go much deeper than business. And that's, that's probably what ties me to like, not wanting to completely let go of that side of things and just keep the handful of people that I do mentor because it's, it's very impactful when, like you said, you, yes, financial situations, but that ends up relieving stress in relationships. And then you encourage and hold them accountable of doing more date nights or doing more personal development, all these different things that just create a better human being. Not to mention, I mean, even if we go back to the physical side, you're helping people build their business so that they can help more people. It's kind of a spider right. web effect. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nothing we do is really ever about the one thing we're talking about, right? It's about helping people be better. And I always say fitness has just been my avenue to help, but it's usually has nothing to do with your body. Yeah. I love it. Well, um, I'm going to link everything you have in the show notes, but before I kind of close out, is there anything you can let people know about as far as like where to find the ICA stuff, your Instagram transform together, all those different things. Then I'll just have everything linked in the show notes for people to click. Yeah. So, um, Instagram is Aaron diamond fitness and it's diamond with no a so D I M O N D. And then, um, transform together that link. If you find me on Instagram, that link is in my bio and enrollment is open through the end of December until we fill up. So check that out. Like I mentioned, we have Jordan and I as our head coaches, we have four assistant coaches. Um, we really pride ourselves on education within that program. And just like we work with a lot of coaches in there as well. Um, because what we find is it kind of works like a funnel where we get people to come to us who want to be a fitness coach. Okay. Have you ever had a fitness coach? No. Okay. Well, that's probably the first prerequisite. So here's a great program where you can learn from six fitness coaches. Um, but just a lot of people who want more, want more than just a transformation that they're not going to sustain or just a program that they're not going to follow. They need the extra accountability. So that is there in my bio. Um, IFCA I'm talking about on that platform all the time. So basically if you find me on Instagram, you'll, you'll know everything about me. (laughs) Perfect. I'll link all that in the show notes. And I, and, and truly I can't recommend working with these people more than anybody. I mean, I've known them personally for a while and they share the same uh, core value of not only giving, but providing more education. I think that's one of the coolest things. I've actually been a guest speaker for something. Yes. Was, it, was that IFCA or was that the Transform that, Together? That was Transform. Okay. And that's what's really cool about it is it is a group program that allows more education on that side of front, which is kind of rare. There's not the many of us that do that. And as you guys know, I pride myself on that too. Um, and I also highly recommend the IFCA because you guys know what the hell you're doing and you actually provide value. So um, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. Likewise. Thanks so much. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. 
please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com sign-up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at Cody at BoomBoomPerformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.